Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 53 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 140 of WrestleTopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW winds down. And I want to take the time to acknowledge the passing of the late great Antonio Noki, who passed away earlier today in Japan at the age of 79. He is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the most important figures in this industry a hero in Japan and he was in bad health in recent years his last appearance was actually about two or three weeks ago and he was in very bad shape health wise and his passing still stings because his impact will last forever as he is the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling celebrating 50 years this year and ironically enough on a very sad note his passing happened on the 60th anniversary of his in-ring debut that is just a somber full circle moment and I just want to offer my thoughts and prayers to the family of Tony Onoki he is on the same plane and level as Ricky Dozan and Giant Baba huge influential figures in Japan and and professional wrestling as a whole. We lost a giant today, and may his memory be a blessing to us all. As we now move on to last night's SmackDown going down live from the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And I thought this was a solid show. Hurricane Ian did impact several people, not making the show due to the after effects of Hurricane Ian, which is still being felt in Florida right now. My thoughts go out to those who are impacted by this devastating hurricane that hit the state a few days ago. The footage of boats being on sidewalks and streets, alligators and sharks being on highways due to the overflow of water. The surge that I saw in real time in Fort Myers was absolutely insane. So it is still a rough going Florida powers out in certain parts of the state still is just a lot of people going through it. And thankfully, WWE and AEW told those who live in the area to stay home if they can't travel abroad this week. So my thoughts go out to those and everyone affected by this hurricane at this time. For those wondering, the WWE Performance Center held up through the storm. They're on high ground, thankfully. And it's a blessing. They taped this week's show a couple of weeks ago to get through the end of the month and to reset for October. So that was a good call by WWE in hindsight. But let's make that difficult but necessary transition to last night's SmackDown going down live from the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. As we kick things off with Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos, officially teaming with Solo Sokoa, the Enforcer versus Ricochet and Madcap Moss. Ricochet and Madcap will usually be babyfaces stateside, but when you're in Canada, Sami Zayn is is the babyface of babyfaces and he was over last night with the people solo got his shine as well as ricochet wiped out both men with a dive on the outside as we go to commercial break we come back and solo is working over ricochet for a bit until ricochet lands a drop kick and makes a tag to madcap who's booed as he goes after Sami Zayn with various shoulder tackles in the corner he pounces solo at the ring at one point as well before delivering a follow slam to Sami Zayn who he catches via a cross body counter at one point solo grabs a steel chair to interfere ricochet knocks it out of his hands but that comes into play later as sammy goes for a roll-up on madcap for the win hits a blue thunder bomb for a very close to fall the closing moments of the match happen when sammy trips of ricochet is going for a dive he goes for the dive anyway but behind the referee's back solo chucks the chair in ricochet's face lays him out at ringside and as madcap is still delivering short tackles to sammy's in the corner solo makes a blind tag and he is wiped out with a super kick followed by the 
Uranagi, which is now known as the spinning solo for the one, two, three. After the match is over, Solo continues to go after Madcap by beating his ass repeatedly. Sami Zayn tries to fit him off, but Solo keeps going after Madcap until he's had enough. They raise their hands in victory. The fans cheer at Sami being over as a member of the bloodline as an honorary ooze, but things pick up nicely backstage when Solo and Sami are trying to go in the locker room to cool down, but Jay blocks Sami's path because according to Jay, he can see through Sammy. He knows who he is because he's been in that position a couple of years ago, being the clown, being the court jester of the bloodline. And so he had to fall in line and be the right hand man. So he wants Sammy to know one slip up and you're done. And Sammy tells Jay, maybe you need to take this up with your cousin because clearly he likes me being a part of this crew he says may you step aside now so I can enter our locker room to cool down Sammy does so and Jay is absolutely pissed at Sammy defying him I love this storyline it's the best thing going in WWE today we even got a moment with KO Kevin Owens and Sammy later in the show as Kevin tells Sammy to get a new t-shirt and that is foreshadowing ladies and gentlemen because my dream scenario still is Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens reuniting to beat the Usos to become the undisputed disputed WWE tag team champions between now and possibly WrestleMania next year in LA. We'll see how long WWE plays this storyline out, but it is so good week to week. And Sami Zayn is the absolute best week to week with his performances in the ring and on the mic. Next up is Drew McIntyre versus Austin Theory because Theory talks shit about McIntyre backstage, calling him a loser, saying he's been choked out by carrying a cross, lost a clash at the castle that would never happen to him, calls him a dope, a doofus, a dumbass. And Drew McIntyre basically sneaks up on him puts his hand on Theory's shoulder and lets him know you me in the ring now we have a match Theory has backup courtesy of Otis and Chad Gable from Alpha Academy and Drew McIntyre just tosses Theory around manhandles him Alpha Academy gets involved which allows Theory to hit a rolling drop kick to Drew but Drew fights back with a future shock DDT goes with the Claymore but he is jumped by Alpha Academy and Theory that leads to some help via Johnny Gagano he's jumped as well by the heels until Kevin Owens gets the biggest pop of all as he makes a save, which sets up a six-man tag team match involving Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Johnny Gagano versus Alpha Academy and Austin Theory, which serves as last night's main event. All in all, the way to get us to the main event via some DQ chicanery, which is okay every now and then. Next up is Hit Row versus Los Otorios, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza short showcase for top dollars. He delivers a nice knee lift strike to Humberto early on before delivering a double slam to Humberto and Angel before Ashanti provides the assist by landing the heavy hitter on Umberto for the win a short time later. A solid showcase match for Hit Row as they continue to rack up wins on Friday Night Smackdown. Next up is Wanda Rousey versus Natalia. This was a decent three-minute match showcasing her grappling and submission abilities as Ronda tries to apply the ankle lock at various points. Natty goes for a sharpshooter. Ronda counters that. At one point, Natalia lands the discus lariat on Ronda for a near forward. Ultimately, Ronda cinches in that ankle lock and she makes Natty tap out to score the win after the match is over. The SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan comes out with a baseball bat. She tries to go after Ronda Rousey. Ronda blocks a baseball shot. She slams Liv with Piper's Pit on the floor. And in an awesome twist of fate spot, the baseball bat flew in the air and somehow made its way to the ring. Amazing. 
Gravity was defied on this particular evening as that bat found its way in the ring. The cameraman couldn't believe it. I think that Liv possesses magical powers, very witch-like abilities. Maybe she's channeling some charmed power of three stuff in the Book of Shadows. I don't know. But in any event, she goes for the bat again, but Ronda Rousey blocks it and she sends Liv over the barricade and Ronda threatens to fight security. But eventually Liv hops over the barricade, goes after Ronda. They have a pull-apart brawl that the fans are really into. So for the last couple of weeks, I've enjoyed the intensity of Liv Morgan saying I'm gonna go extreme I'm gonna make Ronda Rousey respect me by beating her ass a third time in extreme rules in an extreme rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship I do appreciate the effort that WWE is putting in to make this match stand out we'll see how it goes next Saturday but I like the heat that's been built for this feud as of late the chemistry was not there at SummerSlam it was a very eh match but I think when you add the weaponry and the intensity this could be a sleeper at Extreme Rules next weekend in Philly if everything goes according to plan between Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan in terms of match layout. Next up is Imperium talking their shit ahead of Gunther versus Sheamus 2 for the Intercontinental Championship during the season premiere of SmackDown next Friday night and Sheamus comes out without Butch or Rich Holland because they're in Florida due to the after effects of Hurricane Ian but he's all in for a fight but unfortunately he is beat down by Imperium. Gunther chops the shit out of him as Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vonnie Vinci joining in the beatdown. Seamus grabs the mic and says, that's all you got? That's all you got? I want some more. And they gave him some more and they beat his ass as Gunther lands a power bomb on Seamus to wrap up the segment. So it is going to be a battle between these two guys via part two of their feud going down next Friday on Fox one night before Extreme Rules. And as a bonus, we will have a Donnybrook match again involving the Brawling Bruce and Imperium at Extreme Rules next weekend as well. That is going to be a show stealer because they go hard in the ring at all times. So if we get one more little morsel of Gunther and Sheamus, I am going to eat it up because they're going to deliver every single time. Next up is Bailey versus Shotzi who got her tank back last night for the first time in over a year. TCB taking care of business. Got a little button firing off pyro. I love it. So I'm glad Shotzi's back to being a baby face. Got way more potential in that role versus being a heel at this point. And the match is solid but very short on time as Shotzi had her moments here and there even lands an explorer suplex in the corner on Bailey, but Bailey lands a rose plant after tripping Shotzi off the ropes for the win a short time later lands a second rose plant on Shotzi after the match is over. She grabs a ladder from underneath the ring is going to sandwich Shotzi inside the ladder is going to do something very diabolical until the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair makes a save and she runs like the track star she is to get to Bailey. She goes for that KOD on the ladder a la Hell in a Cell last year but Bailey bails as they will face off in a ladder match next Saturday for the Raw Women's Championship. That could be a low-key classic if they show up and show out like I know they will come next weekend. And now it's time for our main event involving Johnny Gagano, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens versus Alpha Academy's Chad Gable, Otis, and Austin Theory. This match was a party match. It was all about the Canadian love Kevin Owens received, and it was all about Austin Theory getting his. But I got to call out Kevin Dunn because the production of this match, the camera work during the last minute was a hot-ass mess. There was a total breakdown and camera work and direction and I blame Kevin Dunn because you're in the chair sir every week directing this show and you missed every spot that mattered during the last minute so we have Otis 
and Kevin Owens trading blows at ringside. Kevin lands a super kick, Gina lands a super kick on Otis, and then they rock him on the announce table to do some sort of dive on set table. Chad Gable breaks it up, and eventually, Chad Gable and Kevin Owens are fighting on the announce table, and Kevin Owens lands a stunner. We don't see it because of the camera work being shitty and the direction by Kevin Dunn being even worse. The good news is we saw Johnny wrestling land a DDT on Otis on the floor. The bad news is we did not see Drew McIntyre wipe out Austin Theory with a Claymore for the win. We missed the money spot. We missed the finisher. That is always beautiful when it comes out of nowhere and we didn't get to see it. That sucked. So Kevin Dunn, you suck at your job. Please be gone soon god willing at some point in 2023 so after the match is over drew sends a message to theory by whooping him with a strap like he plans to do to carry across next saturday during their strap match at extreme rules to wrap up smackdown on a high note and that was a positive way to end the show as ko always shows out with his cannonballs on the outside landing setons on chad gable going for his finisher which is broken up by otis at one point who big hosses his way through this match johnny gargano's great working with chad gable per the usual Chad is awesome. I cannot say that enough. And McIntyre is that dude. You know how I feel about him. So the parts worked beautifully together. But the execution in terms of seeing the sequence of finishes absolutely sucked. So Kevin Dunn, I look to you to say, do better or better yet, get out of here. Preferably by early next year. But I digress. As this wraps up a solid SmackDown Next week's season premiere is stacked. Roman Reigns and Logan Paul sharing airspace in the ring together. We got Ricochet versus Solo Sokoa and the rematch. We've all been waiting for Gunther versus Sheamus 2 for the Intercontinental Championship. That should be a battle going down next Friday, one day before Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. Now let's make the smooth transition to Philly. Once again, for AEW Rampage going down live to tape from the Lacara Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And this was an okay edition of Rampage, as always. Nothing really stands out on this show, even though I did enjoy the acclaimed versus the Butcher and the Blade versus Private Party for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I love the work early on by Bowens and Caster as they worked over Isaiah Cassidy as land a very unique neck breaker backbreaker combo for a near fall then we have bowens going up top for a leg drop to the crotch of isaiah cassidy as well for a near fall and from there private parties worked over by butcher and blade for a bit as they dominate the pace for a while until private party shakes things up with mark quinn delivering a beautiful cross body on the blade followed by a moonsault on the blade as well for a very close near fall private party showcases why they're so good as a tag team but my issue remains three years ago They fought the Young Bucks in the opening round of the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament, and they beat the Bucks. And in three years, they have not reached past that victory. That is staggering to me. That's got to change the next year or so. They should be one of the top tag teams in this industry, but they got clipped by the acclaimed. And... They've never been the same since that Bucks match, which they won. They never got elevated past a certain level. They've been meandering with the Hardy family office, now known as the Andrade family office, trying to get out of that deal and reunite with Matt Hardy. We'll see where it goes. But the performance by Private Party reminded us how great they can be if given a fair push on the regular. Cassidy lands a springboard dive on Butcher and the Blade. Max Castle lands a crossbody of his own, wiping out the tag teams on the outside. He throws a blade in the ring. Bowens gets 
the tag for Max Caster who lands the arrival and then Caster comes through with the mic drop for the win to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles. The final opener to last night's Rampage on TNT. Next up is Frego Del Sol versus... Lee Moriarty, this was a fairly decisive win for Moriarty who makes Frago tap out to the Border City stretch as the firm stands tall on this particular evening as they try to become a force. And after the match is over, W. Morris is going to pick up Frago with a claw followed by a choke slam to say we are here and we are not going anywhere. And for that, I respect the hustle by the firm. Next up is Jamie Hayter versus Willow Nightingale. This was a fun match. Both ladies are badasses. They're rough around the edges. They lay in their shit. We got head bust coming from Willow Nightingale. So lovable, but she will whoop your ass when the occasion calls for it. Jamie lays in those haymakers as well. Great physical battle early on between both ladies. As Jamie said, Yuanagi backbreaker on Willow for a near fall at one point. Eventually, Willow's going to deliver a nasty pounce to Jamie that sends her on the outside. And Britt and Rubble are trying to cause trouble for Willow. She scares them, and there's an audible yelp from Britt and Rubble, which I laughed at at one point. Willow lands the Death Valley driver on Jamie for a near fall goes up top but she is tripped up by Britt Baker as Jamie lands a German suplex into the short arm lariat for the win impressive victory by Jamie Hayter despite some Britt Baker interference on the outside next up is Ryan Nemeth talking shit about Philadelphia Hook comes out whoops his ass and in the trust buses leaves a contract for Hook for reasons he picks it up and we'll see where it goes probably next week on rampage and now it's time for our main event involving john silver versus roosh this match is very fun a lot of taunting from both men as they trade poses early on this quickly becomes a very fun and physical match as johnny hungy is a force in the ring my little bowling ball putting in that work with strikes and shots to roosh roosh does the same as well but Silver responds with two avalanche clotheslines and a pair of German suplexes for a near fall. Roosh responds with a northern light suplex of his own, followed by Silver's chops and strikes to Silver. Silver is going to light up Roosh with several strikes and kicks, followed by a brain buster on Roosh for two. Jose hops on the ring apron to distract the referee until Alex Reynolds gives chase to the ringside. Andrade hops on the apron instead, and that distraction leads to Roosh landing a nasty forearm strike to John Silver, followed by the bullhorns running knees in the corner. For the win, after the match is over, Roosh goes after the Dark Order, Eva Uno, and 10 as Andrade will face 10 next Friday live on Rampage, Mask versus Andrade's career. That is quite the step. We'll see how it goes as AEW leans into contract tampering and storyline within their promotion. Hangman makes a save by landing a buckshot layered on Jose. And this will set up Roosh versus Hangman next Wednesday on Dynamite as we celebrate three years of Dynamite on TBS, which is very exciting indeed. This wraps up a very decent rampage. It will be live next Friday on TNT from DC, followed by Battle of the Belts, Four. Yes, Pack would defend his All-Atlantic Championship against Trent Barata in one of three championship matches, I presume, live in D.C. So rare live two-hour rampage and Battle of the Belts to boost that show as it's kind of gone down a bit since its debut earlier this year. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 53 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming all these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TNT. 
You know what to do. So the rest of Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 141 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your Matic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.